0: Welcome to Good People Talk, the podcast of the Good People Fund. This is where GPF grantees, visionaries who are making change, come to talk about what they're doing to address a need and make impact. In this episode, GPF Executive Director, Naomi Eisenberger, visits with Jared Seiner, founder and director of Spirit Club in Maryland. Under Jared's leadership, Spirit Club is not only giving access to physical fitness and socialization to individuals with physical and developmental challenges, but is also creating inclusive and welcoming environments reflecting the richness and diversity of our communities. For more information, visit goodpeoplefund.org. For now, here's Naomi and Jared.
1: Jared, it has been about six years since we met. I knew from the very beginning that what you were doing was most definitely needed. I find the name Spirit Club an intriguing name because it has so many, so many meanings. It connotes obviously things that are very positive, but it's also an acronym that captures your mission. So perhaps you could tell our listeners about the name Spirit Club and absolutely where it comes from.
0: Sure. Well, first of all, only six years. I feel like I've known you forever. It's only been that long. Well, the name, I remember trying to come up with the name and. I think it started with just a word, right? Trying to come up with a word that encapsulates positivity and energy and excitement and spirit was perfect. And then, of course, it's always nice when your organization name has an acronym. So (laughs) fortunately, the letters lined up really well, which have really been adopted as our core values. The S is for social because the experience of movement is so much more effective when you can do it in a social way exercise flies by when you're when you're interacting with others when you're isolated it could be really hard to get motivated so the s is for social the p is for physical which is kind of a no-brainer when it comes to movement you got to engage yourself physically Um, the first i is for interactive which is you know kind of a uh, redundant with social, but just as just as important to emphasize that. Um, the R is for respectful, and that's a really important one because what is so important at Spirit Club is understanding that every person is an equal human being that needs to be treated with equal respect as anybody else. That's really so fundamental to what we do is everybody deserves the same respect. Last I is for uh, inclusive and or integrated. We go back and forth and really that integration is about bringing the community together, both those with and without disabilities. And, and then the T is for teamwork, whatever, whatever it is that you're working on, whether it's a personal fitness goal or just making the community a better place, you know, you gotta do it together as a team. And that is, uh, that is spirit.
1: I know that when I came down to visit, that whole feeling of spirit permeates the classes. What do you hear from the people who come to the classes? What do they share with you about how important this is?
0: I remember having that same aha moment as you. And it was while I was working as a support counselor. So my first job out of college, I was working at a a great organization called the Jubilee Association, which is in Maryland. And they offer very broad services to adults with developmental and intellectual disabilities, and my job at Jubilee was working as a support counselor one-on-one with a number of different people, focusing on whatever their independent goals were for just being healthy and happy. Not certainly not exercise specific. When I saw that everyone there who I was working with, you know, going through kind of their plan and what their goals are, um, everybody had a goal about being more physically active and getting more exercise and and a lot of health physical health related goals that exercise could contribute to that and my other job simultaneously was working as a personal trainer at your your typical gym and when i realized okay i have a, a a whole group of people here who want to be exercising more and here i have a gym where i where i work as a trainer and i couldn't recommend this gym as the right place for any of the people who I worked with as a support counselor. So that was the same aha moment that you had of, like you said, everyone needs to exercise. How come there's not a good solution? How come there's not a place to go? How come the gyms that you see on the the street corners don't make any effort to being more accommodating or adaptive or inviting so a person with a disability could participate and so right same aha moment you know this is really needed and you know when we when I kind of floated the idea out there it was it was at jubilee I said how about we do a fitness class here you know because here I have all these people who want exercise maybe you all could host it and I could teach it and just like you said you know people just they came rushing in you know Mm -hmm. oh an exercise program and it was kind of alarming that there's such a huge need but it didn't occur people didn't see exercise as something that they could do or their family members didn't see exercise as something that their loved ones could do until it was there and we just made a couple tweaks to say you know we take it upon ourselves to make sure this programs are going to work and be successful and you know to answer your question what is what's the response i mean people are just incredibly empowered and grateful to be able to say yes, I can, I can work out or my son or daughter or brother or sister or mom or dad could work out just like, just like Mm -hmm. everyone else now.
1: Had anybody ever tried to work out in a mainstream gym and have an experience?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Plenty of negative ones. And I'll even tell you the next step in the story here was when the class was, was running really nicely and the enrollment was up with, with Jubilee, I went to my, to the gym and I said, how about how about you all host this class? What better than to have the class hosted in a typical gym setting? It was a tough kind of realization. You know, the first thing that my supervisor, my you know, my fitness manager said was, "Well, if we bring in those people, don't you think it'll kind of you know turn off our our members? You know, mm-hmm. our current members." I just couldn't believe the re- that response. My thought in my head was, "Well, if." If you have members here who would be turned off by having a person with a disability working out, is that really who you want as your member? So it had some resistance. Eventually it it was hosted there, which which was cool. And then it got kind of shut down, kind of blamed on like a liability issue. To be fair to the fitness industry, there has been a lot of positive movement. A lot of our classes Pre-pandemic, when we were doing them in person, we partnered with gyms and a lot of gyms did embrace Spirit Club into their facility. You know, the Under Armour Performance Center as a as a really nice partner up in Baltimore and a number of other gyms, maybe 5 or 6 in the, you know, local DC Baltimore area, open their doors and we're happy to do this and so. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to who, you know, who you're talking to. Over time, I think perspectives are changing.
1: Part of the core of Spirit Club is really inclusion and diversity. Why is it an important environment to create? And how does that benefit people as much as the actual exercise?
0: Mm -hmm. Spirit Club puts a strong emphasis on that bringing the community together. We do not, despite kind of sometimes having to fight against the stigma, we do not consider ourselves to be the, the disability fitness provider. Our goal is to make exercise more accessible for as many people as possible. Our mission is to create a universal design When it comes to exercise, so that a a person with a disability and a person without a disability can have a great experience, that's something that I think stands out because there are organizations out there who say, "Oh, we want to be here to give exercise for people with disabilities," and that's what we want also. But we want it to be in an integrated way. You know, for me, I had I worked as a train rider. typical gym training people without disabilities. And so did all of the trainers that we've hired before Spirit Club. So we actually want people with and without disabilities to be able to come and participate. And that is so important because it makes, every time you come to the gym, I think a real learning opportunity. It's not just about exercise. It's about meeting people who are different from you and making those connections and having a new understanding and appreciation for somebody who has a totally different life experience than you do. And, you know, speaking personally, it makes my career so stimulating. And and I think, you know, I think the members have that same experience.
1: Give me some examples of bonding experiences that you've observed in these classes.
0: Right. Well, we do we, we really try to like fuel the interaction, you know. There's so many classes out there where everybody lines up, you go to your spot, you everyone's facing the front, eyes on the trainer, eyes on the instructor, you do your stuff, you follow them and then you leave. That's very different from a, a spirit club class. In the classes we do, uh, you know, the in-person ones, at, you're in a circle everyone's in a circle, you're facing, you're, everyone's facing each other. Um, the class starts with introductions, right? You, you go around and, and everyone introduces themselves. And, you know, sometimes you, you say your name and you say what your favorite exercise is, and we will incorporate those into the class. So, and then, you know, after we learn a few exercises, we break into partners, right? And you do the exercises. Sometimes we tweak what the exercise is. So if the exercise is, you know, chair squats, right? Stand up and sit down. When you're doing it with a partner, maybe you stand up, you give your partner a high five and you sit back down, you know, and we we set mm-hmm. up the chairs. So you're facing your partner with a few feet between you. Of course, this is all, you know, pre-pandemic. So yeah, so the the connections are amazing. And I think we have somebody who, when he started coming to a class, he wouldn't come out of his car, his mom would bring him she said I'm really excited for this for him I don't think he's gonna do it but I'm gonna give it a shot so they'd pull up in the driveway and I'd she'd call me I'd go out I'd talk to him through the window you know he's nonverbal but I'd, I'd talk to him and he would smile at me and then I'd say come back next week right and they came back the next week he got out of his car stood in the corner of the gym didn't do any of the exercises no problem you know it's all about just staying positive and reinforcing it it's so great that you came in you know that's amazing. The next week, he's kind of standing a little closer to people week by week, maybe six or seven weeks later, he's doing everything, absolutely everything with a huge smile. I give the credit to the social component, because if we were trying to get him to go to the station and follow the exercises, just follow the leader, that's not engaging. You know, that's not fun. But to be able to connect with people and make eye contact with people and hear people's names and share your name and that social connection, it's the make or break between being engaged in a class or not for a lot of people.
1: I know from our earlier conversations that the pandemic was not necessarily all bad for Spirit Club. Obviously, the inability for people to meet face-to-face certainly put a crimp in the program. Tell us a little bit about how that crimp turned into something positive and how Spirit Club really navigated the waters over the last 14 months. Mm.
0: We spent probably a really sleepless month just pivoting very hard into the virtual space. It was a tough transition, but ultimately, we've been able to reach so many more people. You know, with a lot of great ideas from a lot of people beyond me, we've basically adopted a multi trainer model when it comes to the virtual classes. And one thing we can do in person was show people, go one by one, person to person and say, here, you do it this way, right? We know working particularly with people with disabilities, you need modifications. Not being able to go around the room and kind of adjust people, it really pushed us to say, hey, how do we do this virtually and make it work? What we decided Mm -hmm. to do is every time we teach a class, we have either two, but usually three instructors on the screen together. So they're all zooming in from their own location and they've all prepared how they're each gonna teach the class. So we have a lead trainer who typically teaches like a beginner version of, the, of all the exercises in the class. Then we have a, a seated instructor and we really pride ourselves on the seated instructor being somebody who uses a wheelchair or somebody who's more uh-huh. comfortable sitting down. And they teach the whole class the same exercises but in a seated form. And then we have a third trainer who's doing everything a little bit harder and faster than the lead trainer. So there's beginner, seated, and advanced.
1: All at the same time.
0: All at the same time. It's like a split screen, right? One, two, three. Easy. And we say to people, log in, watch the class, find the trainer that feels right for you. And you could even bounce around. So maybe you're getting tired and you just need to sit down, but you don't want to stop great, have a seat and now follow the seated trainer. That really, I think, pushed the classes from being like, uh, is it going to work or is it going to flop? And what it really allowed us to do is have great partnerships with organizations who are trying to share classes with groups, right? So if you have an agency who's doing you know, a Zoom session with 20, 50 people, five people, whatever it is, It's really hard for that agency to get up and lead exercise that's right for everyone. But if they could share a Spirit Club class with their group, now everyone in their group has three different levels. That's been a really interesting, fun take on how to make the Spirit Club concept work virtually.
1: You also mentioned before that your reach has expanded Mm -hmm. as you've gone virtual. So to me, that was just so exciting because I've always felt that you have basically built something so unique.
0: Yeah, you're always our biggest cheerleader. You're like, when is this going national? What's the scalable model? You know, And um, it was kind of coming together slowly but surely. But really, the virtual doors that opened have really helped kind of fuel that. So our first goal was to just continue working with the individuals and organizations in Maryland who we were working with. And once we accomplished that, we said, right, why not? Why not reach out to more? So we just started, you know, this kind of intensive growth initiative and outreach plan and you know brought on a couple great team members to help us with it. And we're now in, I think probably somewhere between 35 to 40 states. Wow. Where there's either an individual or an organization who, you know, subscribes and accesses the Spirit Club virtual programming. And we just started a new, you know, going down and some partnership opportunities with some organizations in Canada, talking to some people in Canada, you know, the time difference is going to be the real challenge, but Israel's right around the corner. You know, yeah. Israel has an amazing disability kind of mentality and they're yeah. very, very progressive there. And I think there's a lot of great opportunities. So, yeah, we're in about maybe 35 states and a cumulative of all the individuals who have access, you know, through the organizations we partner with is somewhere between 4,000 to 4,500 people. That's pretty that's mind-blowing a, yeah that's
1: pretty impressive for something that started in a small little gym
0: right a year ago and you know that, it was about 300 people so
1: yeah I remember a few years back that you shared a story from a, a mother who was so excited that her daughter had lost so much weight you know unfortunately it's not unusual with people with disabilities if you're leading a sedentary life the weight comes on. So you really are, in addition to socialization, in addition to all of the other incredible benefits, physical health is vastly improved. Do you keep track of that at
0: all? Well, first of all, yeah. You know, when I first started and looked into this, you know, I did find, uh, you know, on the CDC website, people with disabilities statistically are 58% more likely to be obese than a person without a disability. When you think about that, you think about the obesity rate in this country in general. You know, it's something that Americans really struggle with. And then you take a person with a disability, they are 58% more likely... To be obese than the average person without a disability. That's really kind of scary. And it just points to this huge failure when it comes to like a societal responsibility that we have to provide the necessary support for people with disabilities to be able to live, you know, healthy, happy lifestyles. That's a real big failure for that statistic to exist. So yeah, keeping track of that progress is really important. We started developing spirit club app that basically Mm -hmm. allows you to, you know, you and your trainer to input all of the data regarding, you know, your physical progress, whether it's your body mass index, your weight, but also to things like your endurance, right. Measure it, you know, data points for endurance, data points for strength, data points for flexibility, data points for balance, all of these things that are critical to being, you know, physically functional and capable and healthy. So I'm excited to see as the reach grows, you know, as that data comes in, the data is so valuable when it comes to fundraising, as an example.
1: Every piece of it. Right. Tell us a little bit about Spirit Club Foundation, because there is Spirit Club, which is the part of this. But the other part of it is Spirit Club Foundation. And that's really where the Good People Fund focuses its resources. So um, tell us a little bit, because I think that this is as, as important as everything else that comes out of Spirit Club itself.
0: Yes, it absolutely is. And Spirit Club Foundation is an amazing organization, kind of born a couple years after Spirit Club started, when it became really clear that while Spirit Club was created to offer these fitness services to people, there was more to the picture. There were more reasons why people with disabilities were having a harder time accessing healthy lifestyle opportunities than just because they didn't have the right program for them. You know, a few reasons we ran into, you know, just learning through, through the experience was people wanted to do fitness but had absolutely no funds to put towards it. And Spirit Club as a business, we were dependent on revenue from members in order to pay our trainers, to pay for our gym. And so while it would be nice to give classes away for free, we couldn't function. So the foundation you know, was really created to try to eliminate some of those barriers when it comes to accessing exercise, whether it's a lack of funds to pay for exercise, a lack of opportunities to get to and from a gym, like transportation is one of the foundation's initiatives. Working on just research and data, making aware the need for exercise among people with disabilities so that there would be changes on a policy standpoint to make, you know, exercise more accessible, things like that. And so the foundation was started, I believe in 2015 for me as a board member, you know, I, I really share my experiences so that the foundation could increase as much access to fitness for people with disabilities. And one of my favorite parts about the foundation is that it is intended to have a much broader reach than Spirit Club itself. So the foundation, it doesn't provide fitness services, but it, it opens the door to fitness opportunities for people who want to do other things too for example, anyone who wants to do, who wants adaptive swim lessons, right? Somebody who wants to learn how to swim, they Mm. can go to Spirit Club Foundation and say, hey, can I please have a scholarship to help me pay for my swim lessons? Foundation does this amazing job building partnerships with other providers, like this new partner who offers swim lessons so that a person can use their funds from the foundation to do other programs. And that's really something that I love about the foundation and I love about kind of this whole journey is that There's so much to do. There's so much to accomplish in this mission. And it's so great to be able to create a separate standalone entity and contribute to that to do things beyond even the services that I'm providing through Spirit Club. You know, that's something we're really working on growing. We have a a really smart, dedicated new executive director named Bethany, who's, I think, doing a great job kind of just thinking through new partnerships. New organizations that are working to make exercise and healthy lifestyles more supportive and accessible for people with disabilities, building those partnerships and helping make funds available for people who want to do those other types of programs because Spirit Club can solve a piece of the puzzle, but not all of it, right? We don't do everything. And there's so many other aspects of health and fitness that people might be looking for. And so it's great to have, you know, that reach beyond what Spirit Club is doing. Yeah,
1: that's really what attracted us to to spirit club and obviously our funding goes to the foundation. This year, I guess it's the swim program that we're going to underwrite. I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing pictures of that and how it how it turns out. All of our programs are run by we call them good people. I think every one of you has had life experiences that have led you to do what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about your life Trajectory, but landed you here.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll, I do want to give credit to an amazing experience I had in college. I spent a summer. In Ethiopia with a really close family friend of mine. We spent most of our time volunteering at a school called the Freganet Foundation. It, it was really for kids from very, very impoverished families. and The school provided food and clothing on a daily basis. We were kind of thrown in there. We were like, we want to volunteer. And they're like, great, welcome. And then it's like, okay, now what? You know, I take, I, I was, I've always been drawn to movement and exercise. And so I saw this great opportunity because when it was like time to play outside, there was like four or five big, strong kids who would play soccer and all the other kids would kind of just have no opportunity to join them. So I said, okay, you know, come on. Recess is the best part of the day. We all have to make this a little bit more, more inclusive for for all the littler kids and the girls. And so My job every day was we're gonna organize this big, fun soccer game. Despite not speaking a single word of the same language as these children, I really was very motivated to like just create a positive experience for everyone. You know, a kid would mess up and the big kids would go yell at them. And I was like, that's not what we're doing. We're making fair teams. I'm gonna be on the team with the little guys. We're gonna smile, we're gonna high five each other. We're gonna cheer each other on. We're gonna support the other team. We're going to have good sportsmanship. The, the whole attitude and environment of the day after we would have those those games completely changed. And so for me, that was a big pivotal moment where I was like, exercise and sports and physical activity is so fulfilling for me to kind of pass that on in a positive way to others. So that was a big moment for me where I was like, okay, I'm gonna make you know a career out of fitness you know, whatever that whatever that's going to be.
1: Just before we wrap up, could you share a little bit about how we've partnered over these six years to have us in your corner?
0: Well, there's a lot like you can't start something successful without so much support and help and things falling into place, you know, partners and cheerleaders and just kind of this uh, some good luck. And that's absolutely what Meeting You and what the Good People Fund has been for Spirit Club and Spirit Club Foundation is just this amazing, fortunate opportunity to have someone in our corner to, mm. to help recognize a need, right? A big one a couple of years ago was expanding into Baltimore where there are a lot of providers, a lot of people with disabilities with less opportunities than those in Montgomery County in Maryland where, you know, the gym is based. There's no funds available for people to pay for something like exercise. To have the Good People Fund kind of swoop in there and say, no, you're still going to do this. You're still going to offer the service that we know people need. And we're just going to take the financial pressure off. You know, you basically created a scholarship fund for Baltimore where you said- People can go there, they could apply to have almost the entire cost of anything fitness related covered so that they can go and join these classes. And that opened up a door to a partnership with the Under Armour Performance Center. There was an article written in the Baltimore Sun about how the Under Armour Performance Center is hosting fitness classes to support people with disabilities and the awareness, the support, the those specific individuals who have been coming week after week after week to their fitness class at this amazing facility yeah it's so exciting you know
1: obviously as I said early on in this conversation we really get what you do and realize how important how really really important it is and how it could serve as a model to reach so many more people and I hope once we pass the pandemic you'll be able to continue on in that in that vein thank you thank you for all of the great work that you do
0: and of course thank you so much for the opportunity I mean it it means uh I'm sure just as much if not more to us to have the chance to share our story on your platform
1: it is our pleasure it's an important story for people to hear And by the way
0: I love the you know I love how you're sharing people's story just like you know just like us taking advantage of technology developing this podcast so cool
1: I learned very early on in in this work that the best way to get people excited about what we do is for them to hear you know they don't have to hear me they just have to hear all of you and your stories which you know that's what turned me on i know what it did to me so that's the purpose that's great so thank you again
0: you too yep i'm sure we'll uh we'll be talking to you soon
1: okay take care
0: all right